Welcome, everybody. This is Dauber Prospects Radio, episode 54 for May 29th, 2019. I'm your host, Peter Harling. Give me a follow on Twitter at P-H-A-R-L-I-N-G. That's Farling. And uh, you can follow this podcast on Twitter as well at DPR underscore show. Uh, go ahead and subscribe to us, you know, all the regular places, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, yada, yada, yada. Give us a rating, give us a follow, subscribe. Thank you very much. So it's uh, end of May, as I said, and uh, well, the hockey season is winding down hard. The Memorial Cup has been awarded. Uh, congratulations, Rwanda, Rwanda. Quebec taking it two years in a row. Noah Dobson repeating. Uh, that uh, puts a bow on the CHL season. It's all over. All of the international uh, tournaments are, are done. So for the most part, scouting prospects for the season has pretty much ended. The World Championship, which is uh, over in Europe this year, that's over. There was a bunch of interesting storylines and uh, players and prospects playing there. And uh, really all that's left is the AHL and NHL finals. Uh, I got some good news today from Dauber. He's uh, let me know that my credentials for the NHL draft came through. So I am officially heading to Vancouver in about a month's time, and I'm really looking forward to being at the draft, uh, seeing uh, Dauber Prospects managing editor Cam Robinson again, and uh, a whole bunch of other uh, media and prospect folks, and getting them uh, to do some some time with me, take some interviews, and and get them on the podcast. Last year we had uh, Bob McKenzie... And uh, Sam Constantino and uh, a number of other uh, NHL prominent writers and prospect gurus and, and the likes. So really looking forward to to that. And uh, thanks, Ainsley, for, for putting me up. All right. Uh, starting this episode, uh, I've done a, a mock draft, which, which I'll get to in a little bit. Um, I personally really don't enjoy mock drafts. I think they're kind of dumb and pointless. But uh, I know the listeners out there really love them and they want to hear them. Uh, so before I get to that, I also put out on Twitter yesterday a couple of uh, a feeler for some questions for for what you guys want to hear me talk about on this podcast. Um, I love the fact that a couple people have said, hey, when's the next episode? It's been a while. So I do apologize about that. Some life stuff gets in the way as it does. And yeah, there's been a lot of hockey to watch. I can't do a podcast and watch hockey in the evening at the same time. So anyhow, I'm foregoing game two tonight of the Stanley Cup finals to bring this to you. So I hope you enjoy it. The first question uh, that came to me on Twitter that I wanted to get to, or topic that wanted to be covered, comes from uh, Andrew Alton, um, that is at AtonPhilly444. He asked me, who um, are the most likely will be with the big club to start the season next year, and who makes the biggest impact? Guys like Glass, Batherson, Suzuki, Fabro. Uh, so that's a really great question. Uh, excellent fantasy prospect uh, question for all you folks out there in pools looking to see who's who do I need to add to my roster so if you're asking for the biggest names uh, I'm guessing then that that means that you're not in one of the deeper leagues and I tend to cater this towards leagues where the slam dunk guys are already gone and I, I tend to talk a little bit deeper and more about the guys who aren't household names who aren't in the top rankings of prospects, boards, and future watch, and and teams' top 10 rankings and all that. Uh, However, because you specifically asked me, and this is a category I tend to avoid, uh, let's hit it. Uh, So you nailed a couple of guys right off the top. Uh, Batherson I really like. I think he's going to be with the Sens full-time next year. 
Glass as well in Vegas. Uh, he's got a really good opportunity to. Uh, well, he's turning pro, so he's going to try and crack that roster. Vegas is is pretty deep; they keep adding players, so he'll be challenged there. Uh, Suzuki in Montreal. Um, Ryan Paling is another one in Montreal. Uh, I think you mentioned all those guys. So outside of the players you mentioned, I think the first two, which are kind of tied for number one on my list and are both kind of no-brainers and slam dunks here, dude, Cal McCarr and Quinn Hughes. Both those guys are, without question, going to be uh, full-time NHL players, arguably the number one defenseman on either of their teams. They're going to be running the power play and the quarterback. They're on teams that have players that can cash. Uh, so I think that their fantasy upside will be great, especially if you're in a cap league. They're entry-level contracts, so they'll be very cheap uh, from a salary cap perspective. Uh, so those guys are are no-brainers. If you don't own them in your, if no one owns them in your league, then um, then you're not in a very deep league. But these are guys who you should put in elite category. Uh, the next one is a player uh, that might be a little bit under the radar, and I think he's going to have a, mo- a monster season, and that's Nikita Gusev, Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, they acquired him from Tampa when it looked like he may or may not ever come to the NHL. He has since uh, signed. Uh, he is a monster. He's 26 years old, so arguably not really a rookie or a prospect, but he's coming over for the first time, so he's probably widely available in your leagues. He scored 82 points in the KHL last year. Um, he's uh, 16 points at the uh, World Championships just recently. He won the uh, the gold medal at the Olympics with Russia last year. He's a KHL All-Star and MVP. Uh, I, I just can't emphasize how, uh, <laughs> how good I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be uh, like this year's Artemi Panarin uh, uh, for... Uh, a vague comparison. Uh, our Panarin was drafted and his rights were owned, and or sorry, wasn't drafted and was run when he was signed as a free agent by Chicago. So, anyways, the only similarity they have is they're Russia and they're coming over from from Europe to debut in the NHL. But I think he'll have the same kind of impact that Panarin had in his rookie year. Uh, don't be scared off by Vegas striking out with uh, Vadim Shibashev uh, a few years ago. He was, uh, or I guess last year, he was older and. Um, not quite as uh, blue chip a prospect as Gusev is. Uh, next on my list, I think I'd look at Troy Terry, Anaheim Ducks. He had a cup of coffee in the NHL last year, uh, 32 games with the Ducks, scored 13 points. But when he wasn't in the NHL, he was putting up a point a game pace as a rookie in the AHL. Uh, you may know Troy Terry from such hockey playing exploits as the uh, shootout specialist for the World Junior American team, helping them win gold. Uh, he's also a prolific NCAA scorer. The Anaheim Ducks have cap situation where they have players who are long in the tooth and term on their contract with a high cap hit. So they'll be looking at young players coming up and making an impact and contributing and, and playing big minutes. And I think that's going to be Troy Terry. Going back to D, uh, another player I think could have a similar or equal to impact as Cal McCarr and Quinn Hughes would be Eric Brandstrom. The problem there is I think he's as equally talented as those players, but I think Colorado and Vancouver are teams that are going to be looking to take a step forward, and I think Ottawa will be looking at this coming season as a development year. 
and they're not going to be as prolific scoring teams as the other two, so they're surrounded by better players than Brandstrom is. Uh, however, I think Brandstrom's equally as, as, as talented and capable. Uh, it might be a, a longer-term play than the first two, so slight edge to the other, McCarr and, and Hughes. Um, another player kind of slipping back to my old ways here. I don't think he'll be a, a player that's going to put up offense like Nikita Gusev, but a, a similar player coming over from Europe, that is, is Toronto Maple Leafs' Ilya Mikhaev. He's a right-winger. He's 24. He's got good size, 6'2", 194. Bob McKenzie said on his podcast that Leafs signed him because Mike Babcock was super high on him. He played for Russia at the World Championships uh, a season ago. Babcock watched him play there, scattered him, has been in contact with him all season long, uh, and recruited him hard. So that tells you he's a coach's favorite already. He'll be given plenty of opportunity to play a regular shift in minutes with the Leafs next season. Um, it just depends on what line that is. It's probably not going to be a top six line if Toronto's lucky and able enough to come to terms with all of their restricted free agents that they have, you know, Marner and so on. Um, but he's a player who I think has um, a little bit of sneaky two-way third-line potential. All right. So the next topic or question comes from Matt McLean at Matt McLean 99. Matt wants to know, who do I rank as the top 10 fantasy prospects for the 2019 draft? Well, Matt, that's a great question. And it's the kind of stuff we talk about on this show. Um, before I answer that, I just kind of point out that earlier in the season, I organized a fantasy ranking of the 2019 draft. You can find that on Dauber Prospects. Just click to DauberProspects.com, and there's a little scrolling news feed that goes along the top kind of thing, um, navbar, and it's got links to the latest ramblings, the latest organizational rankings, NHL draft rankings, including at the very end of the the reel is the fantasy ranking of the 2019 draft. I hope to do another one of those after the NHL draft, before the fantasy season starts, hopefully shortly after the draft. Um, and what this article is, is it's a consensus ranking. So I reach out to a number of the Dollar Prospects guys. I also go externally and try and get some really prominent um, prospect writers, have them contribute a list, give me a couple of notes on a few of the players, and then we make a consensus ranking so it's not any one person's list. It's like, you know, a bunch of people's rankings combined. So check that out. It might be a little dated because it was kind of mid-season and, you know, games happen and things change in the meantime. But also keep an eye out for an update on that. Hopefully your fantasy drafts are closer to the start of the season than they are the NHL draft. And it'll be something that you'll be able to look at, uh, not retroactively, to your own fantasy draft. So on to Matt's question. My top 10. Um, I think... Uh, Hughes is a slam dunk for number one. Um, I like Jack Hughes. I think he's got more offensive upside, uh, a higher fantasy ceiling than Capo Caco. Capo Caco might go first overall in the NHL. And he might be the better all-around player, but uh, remember, this is fantasy ranking, so Jack Hughes is, has still got a significant amount of separation there as far as I'm concerned for fantasy rankings. Um, that puts Caco at two. Number three and four and five really close um but i went straight up right down the uh the national team development plan here with trevor zegras at three followed really closely by alex turcott followed really closely by the best goal scorer in the draft and alex caulfield i even considered putting caulfield at three on this list because i just you know i haven't seen a lot of the national team development play in north of the 49th here in canada just they're just not accessible but on international tournaments especially the u18s 
Man, oh man, this kid, he just can score. I mean, yeah, he's really small, like Sean Doogie small, but who cares? I mean, I don't know if Craig Button coined the phrase or not, but he said it and it sticks to me. He's, you don't scout with a tape measure. And uh, so using that as a rule of thumb, I really should have Cole Caulfield as ranked number three on this list because fantasy stats are pretty much dictated by goal scoring. And that's what this kid does better than anyone else in the draft. Um, moving on the list, number six, I went Peyton Krebs and then Dylan Cozens. And eight, I like Kirby Doc. And uh, Bowen Byram comes in at number nine. Um, Again, this is a fantasy ranking, so I don't put as much emphasis on D as I do for Fords, uh, especially in the fantasy prospect draft. And then number 10, maybe a little bit low, Matt Boldy. Maybe he should have been higher. He's a pretty good goal scorer, too. Uh, So anyways, that's my top 10, subject to change, of course, depending on where these players get drafted. Uh, something else that I thought I would, I would throw in is um, a top another top 10 list for the 2019 fantasy draft. This episode's all going to be about the 2019 fantasy draft by the looks of it. Um, so I'm looking at the top 10 players who I think are sleepers or players who should be ranked higher or uh, players that you may want to look at if with later round picks in your fantasy draft, depending on how deep it goes. Uh, so number one, Cole Caulfield. I, I know I just said I ranked him third. Um, I have him on my mock draft, spoiler alert, coming in at number seven. So it's hard to rank him much higher, but um, you know, it'd be really interesting to see for me where he gets picked in the NHL draft uh, because I find a lot of fantasy GMs who do prospect drafts rely really heavily on the NHL draft results to make their pick list. Um, they figure, and rightfully slow, that the NHL scouts are much more knowledgeable about ranking prospects than, you know, themselves or guys like me who just do this for fun. And that is absolutely correct. However, the NHL draft and fantasy pools have a different agenda and therefore the rankings should be different. Uh, so I think Cole Caulfield will probably go in the top 10, but I, like I said before, I think he could be as, as high as number three in a fantasy ranking. Uh, next on my list, I went D with Moritz Sider. Uh, I really like this kid. Uh, I think he's potentially the second best defenseman in the draft behind Matt Boldy. I don't think he'll be the second picked defenseman in the draft. And he maybe doesn't even have the same sort of fantasy upside as some other defensemen in the draft do, uh, like Thomas Harley, for example. However, I just really like him, and I think his NHL certainty is is about as high as it can get. Not so convinced that Thomas Harley is ever going to play in the NHL. Um, if he does, it'll be for offense and fantasy, and it'll be a home run. But uh, Maurice Sider, I think, is a slam dunk. And I think because of his size and maturity, and he's playing pro hockey already against men, I think he could be uh, contributing to your fantasy roster a lot faster than a player like Thomas Harley. Like, you know, this season coming up, I think he's got another year of development. Um, it'd be really interesting to see where he plays as well. I believe his CHL rights have been selected already, so there's a potential that he comes over and plays in the CHL. Um, I think that's less likely. I think he'll be eligible because he's being drafted out of Europe. He'll be eligible to play in the AHL, which, if he comes to North America, would be the most probable place for him to play. But it might only be for one season before he's up in the NHL. Uh, third on my list is 
Brett Leeson. He's a D plus one, which means he's an overager. He was passed over in the draft last year. Uh, very likely to get picked in the first round this year because he's a year older and he's a late birthday. Uh, I think he's done in junior, so look for him to be a player who's auditioning for an NHL roster spot as soon as September. Next is uh, John Beecher. Um, I listen to Steve Cornianis a lot. He watches the U.S. national team a lot, and he's super high on this kid. He's he put him on my radar as a kind of sleeper pick for the draft. And as the season is winding down, more and more people are starting to uh, to say the same thing about him. Uh, another thing I really like about him is he'll have extra value in banger and mash leagues. Um, keeping Carlson, uh, he's uh, he puts up a lot of points. He'll score some some hits. He'll get some penalties. He's about as big as a guy as you're going to find in the draft. And he's got you know second line center upside. Um, number five, Braden Tracy, Moose Jaw Warriors. Um, so playing in the WHL, he's just been a steady riser all season. He's climbed up a lot of rankings in the second half. So I like players that that do that in their draft year that show a lot of development trend up in the right direction. Uh, so that's a player who I think, um, depending on what draft list you're looking at, he might still be a little bit low. Uh, so you know, be quick to adjust to that. Number six. Nolan Foote, uh, he playing in the Kelowna Rockets. Uh, there's a good article from uh, my buddy Russ Cohen, uh, Elite Prospects Ringside, talking about how Nolan Foote, who a few years ago was one of the higher-ranked players for the draft, you know, considered a, a first-round pick, and he's not a first-round pick on most people's draft lists anymore, but it looks like he's playing injured all season. So that's the kind of little fantasy nuggets you think to yourself that, hey, he might actually be worth first round pick playing injured all season uh tainted his performance and his stats a little bit He'd be coming back fully healthy next season so hopefully he's a, a player that you can snag later in your draft and by the way if you're in any of my fantasy leagues stop listening to this podcast right now it's, it's killing my draft list a uh, number seven alvin grew this is another player who you want to elevate on your draft list if you're in a league that's like a roto league that has bangers and mash points, keeping Carlson. Uh, so he had 34 points last season, um, plus in 25 games, plus he had uh, 102 penalty minutes. So he's one of the best um, roto players available in the draft. Uh, number eight and nine are two players that captured my attention at the Canada Russia series leading into the World Juniors, uh, playing for Russia. That's, uh, and I can't say his name right, but I'll give it a shot. The goalie, uh, I, I want to say Peter, but it's P-Y-O-T-R, Pyotr Kochkov, and uh, Krill Schleppitz. Krill Schleppitz is just a speed demon. He's got wheels, speed to burn. Uh, he was scoring shorthanded goals all over the place for Russia uh, at the World Juniors. Um, I, I really like him. He's a. These are both draft plus one players. So uh, like Leeson, they're a year older than everyone else or most of the other players in the draft class. Uh, Kochkov was dynamite for Russia, helped them uh, win the, the Canada-Russia series. And uh, he was lights out for Russia at the World Juniors as well. Uh, I think he is a prospect on the rise that is grossly underrated by a lot of people um and the 10th player on my list this one's a bit of a reach but uh he was originally drafted second overall in his draft year 2017 in the ohl by the guelph storm and uh he had a bit of a bit of a pedigree with him going into that draft since he's been picked 
things just haven't really worked out very well for him. Uh, he's been traded from from Guelph to Hamilton, and I'm talking about uh, Todd Bertuzzi's kid, Tag Bertuzzi. Uh, his point totals are, are pretty unimpressive, but uh, poor kid hasn't caught a break. He's He's been injured all over the place, so... Uh, I think he's a player that hopefully playing in Hamilton next year. He only played one game and then he was out for the season with them after the trade. So hopefully he comes in, plays next season. Um, it's lights out and you listen to this podcast and you think, oh man, Peter Arling told me to pick this guy and everyone forgot about him and I got him and now I look like a genius. So if that works out, you know, hey, buy me a beer. Uh, speaking of buying me a beer, come to Vancouver, meet me at the draft. We'll have a beer. We'll talk prospects. Um all right, that's it for this segment. I'm going to take a break, come back, do one more, do my mock draft. So hang tight for that. All right, welcome back to the Dark Prospect Show. Time to do a little bit of uh, mock drafting for the 2019 NHL Entry Draft. Uh, if you're looking for more mock drafts, be absolutely sure to check out uh, Dauber Prospects. Yoki Nevalainen, he did a mock draft. It's posted up there. Uh, you can also probably find a whole bunch of cool stuff about the 2019 draft in the upcoming Dauber Prospects prospect guide. Um, I'm an annual contributor to this, uh, but this year I was not able to participate. Um, I've been replaced by Cam Robinson, and uh, that's only going to be a good thing. Cam's uh, pretty good at this stuff. So leave the podcasting to me, and on the show right now, we're going to be doing just that, a mock draft. Um, So let's get to it. First overall, you got the New Jersey Devils. They got the first pick. They won the lottery again. Congratulations. Uh, In my opinion, they're going to take Jack Hughes. Top player in the draft, uh, followed very closely by Capo Caco, but I think Jack Hughes has um, a better uh, offensive ceiling. He's a center, so there's a positional bias there as far as I'm concerned as well. Um, I think he's North American, so there's a little bit of uh, appeal there as well. They already have Nico Heischer. Um, so having an American-born star as their franchise player and number one center, uh, I think will just kind of resonate with with fans and maybe make it a little easier to sell some tickets. So that means the easiest pick in the entry draft is second overall. That belongs to the New York Rangers. And I'm really glad the Rangers got the second pick. This is the first time they've ever picked this high in the draft, and they're an original six team. Uh, I don't know how that's even possible, but I'm really happy for New York Rangers fans. Uh, I'm really happy for the New York Rangers, too, because this is a team that in the past had leveraged their um, financial advantage and uh, you know acquired high-ticket players, free agents, traded for players, traded draft picks away, and um, had a really terrible and, and shallow prospect pool for a long time. And lately, they've been doing just a great job at replenishing that, uh, acquiring picks and prospects, and uh, doing a fast rebuild. And I think that is uh, the model these days. You can you can turn a team around in a lot less than the the typical five or ten year plan that a lot of teams used to do. Uh, so I think them being rewarded with a second overall pick is uh, hockey god smiling on the Rangers. Uh, so they obviously take Capo Caco. He's the best player available, second overall. And now the draft really begins. So third overall pick belongs to the Chicago Blackhawks. And there is a lot of lot of different ways this could go. Um, you've got all the USNDTB guys, um, a bunch of players from the dub, Bowen Byram, the top defenseman. But uh, I think looking at Chicago, 
I think their needs are at a center, a potential uh, successor as a first-line center in the not-too-distant-but-not-immediate future. And uh, I think there's a couple ways they could go with this pick. So I kind of flipped a coin, basically, and I hummed and hawed between a couple different guys. I have Trevor Zegras's name down. I scratched that off, and I put in Alex Turcotte. Um, but really, there's a couple other guys who you could consider here as well. Um, so I put the, them down for uh, Alex Turcotte. And fourth overall, Colorado Avalanche. Thank you very much uh, via the Ottawa Senators. And um, okay, I'm just going to get sidetracked here for a second. Talk about the Ottawa Senators. They are the biggest winners in the draft as far as I'm concerned because they fell as far down as they possibly could to fourth overall and if they ended up trading the uh, the pick that ended up being Jack Hughes or Capo Caco that's the kind of stuff that can scar an already bitter fan base and franchise for generations and can do serious serious damage just ask the Leafs who traded uh, a first round pick for Tom Curvers and that first-round pick almost was Eric Lindros, but um, not that it's much better, ended up being Scott Niedermeyer. So you can imagine how Sens fans would feel about if that pick was ended up being Jack Hughes. Um, and I think I said at the draft last year, and I had arguments and conversations and debates with a lot of people at the draft about whether or not Ottawa should have picked fourth overall or forfeited the pick uh, and kept the pick for this year. And I was adamant that they should have forfeited the pick last year um, because I thought every time they lose a game and I thought that they would lose a lot of games, trade Eric Carlson and lose even more games, that every loss put them closer to the draft lottery at the highest odds and the potential for uh, losing Jack Hughes. Um, and it almost panned out that way. Um, so they gave up the fourth overall pick in this year's draft, which I have penciled down as Trevor Zegras because I think the Colorado Avalanche need a, a number one center as well uh, for the future. And uh, yeah, Ottawa dodges a bullet. So they get uh, Brady Kachuk uh, last year, uh, which is which is a great, great pick. Just fine. So things could have been a lot worse for Ottawa. Uh, they had the potential to be a disaster. This was really best case scenario for them. All right, moving on from number four to number five, the Los Angeles Kings. And uh, they hope that Velarde pans out and can be a center for them. And they they start the, the run on D. Well, they not really run on D because I don't have another one for a few picks. But they go with Bowen Byram. I mean, the positional bias at drafts has become evident in the last couple of years. Centers and defense, um, and especially in years where you have uh, a, a shallow top end for a certain position like last year was really thin at center and we see guys like Barrett Hayden and uh, Kotkaniemi being picked earlier than a lot of people thought they would based on positional bias so I don't think any teams too many teams will pass on Bowen Byram based on that um, he's the clear number one defenseman it's not even close uh, he's a franchise type D um, and they're going to need someone like that to place um Drew Doughty in the near future. Uh, so number six pick belongs to the Detroit Red Wings. They could get used to being in the top ten in the draft as opposed to the bottom ten where they were for a long, 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 long time. Uh, with number six this year, they take uh, Dylan Cozens, who some people have ranked at three. Um, and I don't think there's anything outrageous about that. Um, but the Red Wings take from uh, Lethbridge the best player available. Uh, they've got a pretty decent prospect pool now, uh, so they just go with the best guy available. Uh, number seven, Buffalo Sabres. This pick should be interesting. 
I think Buffalo needs to kind of hit a home run here. Uh, they were supposed to take a big step forward this season after drafting Rasmus Dahlin first overall last year. Um, so they're going to look at Cole Caulfield from the NTDP. Uh, they're looking for a hollow notes type magic situation between him and Jack Eichel here. He's the best goal scorer available in the draft. And uh, yeah, so they're hoping that size doesn't matter here. Uh, next up, Edmonton Oilers, not first overall. That's nice. Um, they're going to go uh, and take a look at Saskatoon center Kirby Doc. Uh, the Oil have a lot of defensemen and winger prospects in their system. Uh, so they could use a center, and I think Kirby Doc is arguably the best player available here. Number nine, Anaheim Ducks. Uh, they're looking for a center as well, uh, the potential number future one center. Uh, so they go with Peyton Krebs out of Kootenai. Uh, he had a great season. He was the top prospect game player of the game, uh, so I think he's got the potential to be a number one center too. Uh, number 10, host Vancouver Canucks. The arena goes wild. And they go and pick from the national team development plan, Matt Boldy. Uh, Vancouver's got a lot of great depth in all positions, too. So they really have the luxury of taking the best player available here. And uh, I think you could make the argument that that could very well be Matt Boldy at this position. Um, they're very deep at D, so they don't need a defenseman, I don't think. Um, yeah, so that's their pick. Number 11, Philadelphia Flyers. They are elated to see Vasily Podkolzin has slipped this far down in the draft. A lot of people have him ranked number three. Um, I might be crazy and out to lunch here, but I think he's going to slip a little bit. Uh, right winger from Russia. I think he's an ideal flyer. He's got some skies, size, skill, grit, plays with a little hate. Uh, I think if he makes it to 11 and the Flyers take him, Flyers fans are going to love this kid. Um... Number 12, Minnesota Wild. Um, they're thin on D prospects, so they have a positional bias here. And uh, we're kind of running out of elite number one centers. You've only had one defenseman taken, so they start their run on D. And they go from the national team development plan and take defenseman Cam York. Good pick there. Number 13, Florida Panthers. Um, they go with another D, Victor Soderstrom from Binance. Uh, Florida's loaded with forward prospects, and they're desperate for D, so uh, this is a, this is kind of an easy pick for them. Number 14, Arizona. They keep the D run going, and they take Thomas Harley, defenseman from uh, Mississauga. Arizona loves picking D in the first round, it seems, and uh, Thomas Harley is their guy. Next up at 15, we go to the Montreal Canadiens, and they go to the OHL as well, but they take a center. Um, Montreal's been restocking their uh, pretty depleted prospect pool, uh, and they've been doing a pretty good job of restocking it, actually. Montreal's got some, they got some players coming up, and uh, they acquired um, Nick Suzuki recently from, from Vegas, and they uh, unite him with his brother, Ryan Suzuki. I think that would be fun. Probably doesn't happen, but it's my mock draft, so deal with it. 16, Munch, uh, sorry, Colorado Avalanche. Uh, they go restart the D run, and they take who could arguably be the next best defenseman in the draft after uh, Byron, Bowen Byram. And they go with Moritz Seider, who I talked about in the last segment. Really like this guy. Big German defenseman, uh, Mannheim. Um, they added Zgrass at fourth overall, 
And now they had a potential top four D at 16th overall. Don't look now, but Colorado's going to have a good draft. 17, Vegas. Um, they think they might be getting a steal with Philip Broberg, who early in the season was uh, considered to be arguably the second best defenseman in this. And after giving up um, Eric Branstrom to the Senators, they're looking to replace him. And so they go with Philip Broberg there. 18, Dallas Stars. They like to uh, add to their roster some offense. They feel after the playoffs they might need it. Uh, they look at Arthur Kaliev as their guy, arguably the second best goal scorer in the draft uh, after Cole Caulfield. All right, back to the Ottawa Senators. They're picking here 19th via Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, interesting little side note here. Ottawa gave up their first round pick to Colorado to acquire Matt Duchesne, and they reacquire uh, a first round pick from Columbus by trading Matt Duchesne. So Matt Duchesne was responsible for two traded draft picks in the first round in the same draft. How about that? Uh, Senators look at... Um, and they're, they're another team that's pretty deep in prospects. They got a lot of great players in a lot of different positions. Um, so I really think that even though they're not picking till 19th overall, they don't need to hit a slam run, uh, uh, slam dunk home run pick here. They just go with the best player available, whatever, whatever position he is. So they like Finnish defenseman Vinny Hanola, uh, who's been considered to be a poor man's Heiskanen. So another run on, on D here. Um, I think that'd be a great pick for the Sens at 19. 20th overall, another traded pick, uh, New York Rangers with their second pick in the first round via a trade with the Winnipeg Jets. They go and take big Raphael Lavoie uh, out of the queue. He's the best player available in the Rangers' opinion here, uh, so that's who they like. 21 would be the Pittsburgh Penguins. Speaking of teams with really, really shallow prospect pools, I don't think anyone's got a worse prospect pool than the Pittsburgh Penguins. Kudos to them for not trading the first round pick again this year. Um, but because they're so low and they've traded so many first round picks, they need a player who I think uh, can contribute maybe sooner than later. They're going to need him soon because they have not had so many first round picks lately. So they go with Brett Leeson, the overager, uh, center out of Prince Albert. Um, that's their pick. 22, Los Angeles Kings picking here f- uh, for the second time uh, via the trade with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, they picked Bowen Byram at fifth overall. And now they go forward and take a big forward in Samuel Poulin, left winger uh, at Sherbrooke. Um, he, you know, big power forward type, and they hope that he can be the next, uh, the next Dustin Brown. Next up, 23, the New York Islanders, a team that I think maybe had the best draft last year in Dallas. Uh, They get their first pick after having a tremendous season. Uh, They feel they need some depth at center, so they're going to go for London Knights center Connor McMichael. I don't think a lot of people necessarily have him in their first round, but I like the kid. I think he's underrated, and uh, I think the Islanders kind of like him as well. 24th. Up in the draft um, would be the Nashville Predators. Uh, so this is another team that I think is looking for some depth at center here. Um, was, we've had a big run on D. So uh, a player I really like that uh, I'm high on and I think would look really great in a Nashville Predators jersey is Philip Tomasino. He's got an incredible engine, four checks relentlessly. I think he would fit in really well with uh, that team's uh, style and system. 
The 25th pick belongs to the Washington Capitals. And, uh, man, Washington Capitals do love their Russians, don't they? And why wouldn't they? They play so well for them. Uh, so they're going to pick a Russian. Uh, first first one on my draft board here, not, not counting Arthur Kaliev, who's American. Uh, they go Pavel Dorofiev, left-winger out of Magnitogorsk. Uh, Washington just loves the Russians. 26th pick belongs to Calgary Flames, and I think this pick is interesting. They go with a goalie in the first round, and back to the national team development plan, they pick American goalie Spencer Knight. Uh, some people think that he's ranked as high as a you know, top 15, top 10 quality prospect in the draft. I don't disagree with that, but I have a really hard time putting him ahead of some of the other players. Goalies are just so unpredictable, and they can sometimes take a long time. I think that uh, Calgary's got some a pretty good team. They got some good youth. They got some good prospects. They even got some good goalies. But uh, I just feel like, um, as much as I like Tyler Parsons, that they'd be looking at Spencer Knight as a player that they could come in and it just really gives them a legit great depth option uh, in that position at goal. So I think they'd be really comfortable with their overall prospect depth by adding Spencer Knight. 27, the Tampa Bay Lightning picking the post-Steve Eiserman era. Uh, the depths, the bolts need some depth on D. Um, so they go back to defense here and they take, uh, Tobias Bjornfort. Um, 28th pick belongs to Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, the jerks go ahead and add a defenseman. Uh, they're looking to restock after losing Adam Fox and they take, uh, Matthew Robinson out of the dub. 29th overall pick, I believe, belongs to Buffalo Sabres via the San Jose Sharks. I think this is a little bit convoluted in the terms and conditions of certain trades. Uh, But anyways, I believe it's Buffalo. And they're going to go and take Nils Hoglander, uh, left winger out of Sweden, because Buffalo loves the Swedes. 30th overall pick is the Anaheim Ducks, and that comes via the St. Louis Blues. I'm not saying Boston's going to win the Stanley Cup. These next two picks could be reversed, but picks 1 through 29, the teams are locked in as I record this podcast. So let's just say 30th belongs to to Anaheim via St. Louis, and uh, Anaheim picked uh, Peyton Krebs at 9th overall, and they go back to the center ice position here and take Big John Beecher from the National Team Development Plan. Talked about him just a minute ago in the previous segment. Uh, great size, underrated player. And then finally, the Boston Bruins. I have them at 31. Uh, they like uh, goal-scoring winger uh, Bobby Brink from the USHL. Plays for Sioux City. Uh, Brink's goal scorer. Uh, could fit in really nicely with the Boston Bruins roster. So that's it, man. That's my mock draft. Hope you like it. Again, like I said, make sure you go and check out Yoki Nevalainen's mock draft. It's up on Dauber Prospects right now. Follow Yoki on Twitter. He's a great follow. Follow me on Twitter. I'm all right. Farling at P-H-A-R-L-I-N-G. Follow the podcast again at DPR underscore show. Um, Look forward to going to the draft. I hope to do another episode, um, at least one more, if not two more episodes, before the draft maybe i'll do another episode and get some guests on i'd really like to get uh, the big man himself on um dauber have him come on and uh talk about the prospect report that's coming up uh it's it's a must own 
if you're in any kind of fantasy league that you know is more than just a 12 team non-keeper office pool even if you're not in fantasy hockey and uh you just really like hockey and you want to see what prospects are coming up for certain teams and where your team's at uh, it's a great uh it's a great guide to have or if you're just interested in the nhl draft because there's a lot of coverage on the 2019 nhl draft as well uh if you've got any suggestions or things you want to hear about or questions about fantasy prospects or trades whatever you want to hear about on the podcast uh don't hesitate to at me at twitter send me a uh, a message um or anything along those lines um I'm, uh, I'm pretty open to ideas. Uh, if you've got a guest suggestion for the show, let me hear it. If you're looking for more NHL draft podcast coverage, I would highly recommend a couple podcasts, starting with um, Draft Class with Adam Kimmelman and Mike Morial from NHL.com. Those are two pretty good guys. I've met them a couple of times. Uh, they've come on this podcast. Uh, they get tremendous guests, um, and they watch a lot of hockey. They go to the rinks. Make sure you uh, listen and subscribe to that podcast. Uh, you can catch Cam Robinson on Sportsnet talking on their prospect podcast. Uh, he's on that with uh, Ryan Beach um, and someone else's name I'm forgetting, but uh, it's a great podcast as well. Love Cam. Uh, and of course, Steve Carnianis, the draft analyst. There's another prospect podcast I highly recommend listening to. Uh, and then, of course, just for general fantasy hockey podcast, you got Keeping Carlson podcast uh, with Elon and Brian. Uh, I'm sure everyone listens that listens to me listens to them. Um, and there's another great uh, fantasy prospect podcast I recommend too, uh, Fanalytica and Scouting podcast i think they need a better name but it's a great show uh wheel scouting and fanalytica uh it's an analytics and scouting sort of podcast and uh i learned a lot from listening to some of their their episodes so i highly recommend that show too it's good stuff if you've got another podcast suggestion you maybe want to share um again at me at twitter uh let me know what it is i'll check it out and uh if you've got a podcast again hit me on twitter i'll uh, i'll retweet it for you and uh Check it out. So until I talk to you all next time or see you in the rink, um, if you want to catch me at the draft in, in Vancouver, I'll be there. And uh, I'll be looking for suds in the evening. So always happy to to meet like-minded people, have a, have a cool beer, and talk some puck. All right. Thanks for listening. I'm rambling. We'll talk to you later. Cheers.